You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's my pleasure because I own the joint that uh, I get to do this once in a while when we start up a brand new show. And we're starting up a brand new show with... Steve, I hate to use the term an old friend, but you are old, and I am a friend, so I, that makes uh, yeah, it's accurate. Right. <laughs> it's accurate. I might have been a bit younger when we met. I don't know, maybe um, you know, ten or fifteen years younger, yeah. or something like that. Time anyway, flies. A good, I, I consider Steve a very good friend, close friend, and uh, Steve, as many of you know, Steve Rose. Uh, has been in the Sandy Springs area and Fulton County area, I might add, for many, many years. He's been, um, I think they call call him uh, our finest or whatever. He was a police officer with Fulton County for many years, and then when Sandy Springs became a city, he uh, was an officer with Sandy Springs, and now he's retired, and uh, he's going to be doing a show for us every Thursday at 1 o'clock, called Scams and Crimes Report with Steve Rose. And we're going to talk, or he's going to talk, about what's going on, uh, not only with the elderly, but everything else as far as scams are concerned. I got one the other day. I tell you what, they bark up the wrong tree when they call me. Uh, I am so... uh, well, what's the word? Callous to it, I guess. But I got one for my driveway. I yeah. know I got a crack in my driveway, but I don't want them fixing it. But yeah, I got the call. That and, um, We had what they call gypsy crimes going on and driveway scams, as well as door ding on your car scams, were the thing back then. Yeah. And that was a traveling group that... They settled uh, up around Roswell area for a while, and we kept seeing repeated similar patterns of crimes, which were always involving a car or involving driveway scam or something like that. And, of course, they would do the work, but it was really, really bad work. Yeah. And so... You know, I'd forgotten about the car scam. I remember when they'd run the streets, Mm -hmm. and if you had a dent in it, oh, we can fix that dent for 50 bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were they were the ones that put the dent in the car. Probably a lot of the time they were. I mean, we caught them, and the witness said, "Yeah, he took a hammer and hit the side of the door, and then offered to fix it when the person came out of the store." So, I mean, and we've kind of graduated to other things since that point. But um, it's all the same. It, it, I mean, it's all the same motive. It's it's easy money. Um, you know, and they're not working for the money, but they're doing what works for them at the time. So, and uh, you know, like we were talking, about, why don't they just get them a good job? Well, that is their job. And they, yeah, they are very efficient, and particularly the telephone. Folks. Yeah, and you know, I mean, as I got older, I did forty-two years active law enforcement, and so you develop countless philosophies on life and why people do things, but. Really, uh, crime occurs uh, because it's convenient to commit the crime and to get away with it. And so it's not the even a person that says, well, you know, I have a drug habit 
and that's my problem. So, well, that's a, that's a reason, but not a excuse. You know, you you got the same opportunity as anyone else to get yourself better, but in the meantime, to keep victimizing other people is is nowhere near you should thinking that we'll accept it. So, uh, there's just too many. There, but I, I think it comes down to convenience. I think it comes down to. Um, you know, a risk and opportunity formula, which is what I've been teaching for 30-something years, is that uh, you raise the risk, you lower the opportunity, so always think about the percentages that will put you in favor compared to the other targets, which are all around you. I mean, if your house is in a subdivision, there are 400 houses, then there are 400 opportunities, and your goal is to make your first impression at your house not appealing and it's just it's really no that, more complicated that, than that is that a 30 30 when they come to the door a 30 30 yeah Would that make it less appealing you know or a size 18 boots and a very very large dog bowl in the front i mean yeah. you know the perception is reality and and it works i mean it's just a matter of and we are our own worst enemy when it comes to uh, being victims, and I'm and so I guess now I should say, I, I, I kind of fall back into the thinking. Well, I've always had to explain myself the way I teach crime prevention, the way I approach um, crime, criminals, and why it all happens. And like I said, we are our own worst enemy. We uh, have all sorts of information so that I can go out today and I can look and see that this parking lot in front of your building has had X number of crimes and X number of period of weeks or months. Now, I haven't done it today, but I tell you what I did do. I brought my backpack in. And in my backpack and my computer, my iPad, and all the stuff that's near and dear to me because I don't want to leave it in my Jeep parked out front because the chances of that jeep being broken into compared to where it being stolen out of here are much higher out there oh you didn't see brett go through your backpack where you <laughs> no but uh but it's just it's just simple things that we don't do well, you know steve uh, with all the as you were looking at our billboard out front and stuff and looking mm-hmm. at the different shows that we do and I must say, I get on my uh, soapbox about this, but we have probably no time in your life or my life or anybody's life today have we had more opportunity to educate ourselves than we do right at this very second, you know? Yeah, and we do. And yet, I can't name a show that we do that isn't in some way, some shape, form, or fashion the people that are listening and the people that it happens to be aimed at they're not taking the time to educate themselves every show is like that and uh, whether it's this show or our our, uh, uh, safe senior hour or you know you name a show and it's lack of education be it a political show a medical show whatever it is and uh, And I think part of that I think part of that uh can be explained in the way we have information delivered to us. Um, you know, we're in the age of breaking news, and everything is breaking news. It's really a, a misappropriated, a misappropriated term. It doesn't it doesn't mean breaking news because breaking news doesn't mean 
uh, something that happened that really doesn't matter. Breaking news is a plane crash. Breaking news is some, you know, global traumatic event. But uh, breaking news is is not a police chase in Los Angeles down the freeway. But popular video is a police chase. But I think what happens to us is we have so much information delivered to us that we've lowered our scope of our attention span. So instead of, you know, something coming up before us and us looking at it and saying that looks interesting, if it doesn't immediately grab us, then we go on. So if it's not within a click or two on my laptop when I'm online, then I'm likely not to read it. And I think that's a big reason why people don't choose to maybe educate themselves, in our case, about crime prevention, because it's not exciting. I mean, it isn't. It isn't exciting. It's well, it's, it's well read, and, it, and, it, and there are a lot of things that change that are dynamic that you need to keep up with, but it's not exciting, especially if it's delivered in a normal, uh, unsensational way. Unless it happens to you, then it becomes a claim. Well, then you become an yeah. Then you become an advocate for about two weeks until your insurance check comes in. See what happens is, you know, I, I wrote this thing uh, about victims and why we go through this circle of the pacification of a victim, and uh, and I've ha- I have had things. I've had identity theft a couple of times over the years, but I remember. Years ago, when I I was in the military, I was out in San Diego, and I got my speakers and my stereo stolen out of my little Fiat 124. And they weren't expensive, but somebody took, I'd never had a theft report. And and I became, I was enraged, and I wanted something to happen to this person. We had no idea, and of course it was in uh, San Diego, and they have a lot of crimes that never solved it. It wasn't one of those crimes that had any solvability. But... Uh, as I got into law enforcement, especially in investigations, I saw where people, when I would go and do a follow-up, oh, they were wanting the death penalty for all thieves, and they were going to fly the flag of justice, and everything was going to be, you know, they were going to lead the way into legislative change. And 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 all of a sudden, a couple of weeks go by, and, you know, that laptop or golf clubs or whatever was taken, you got an insurance check for it. And then you realize, well, I got a lot of things going on. I got a career. I got a family. I, and eventually you get back to zero and you've gone full circle. And you just say to yourself, well, probably won't happen to me again. And that's it. That's as far as you really go with it. So uh, preparation on the, on the front end would have taken care of that. But getting angry on the back end, part of that blame is on you. Because you didn't do anything, uh, you didn't have access to all the websites that can show you criminal activity. So if my neighbor neighborhood has five burglaries, I'm going to be a little bit on edge and a little bit, you know, my radar is going to be up on burglary. But if I don't know about it, it's just humdrum. Well, and things are changing, and then uh, we're changing just as uh, as uh, we mentioned at the front end. We're all getting older, mm-hmm. and. Uh, as I've found, the older I get, the less I want to change. Right. So right. one, one thing leads to another, and uh, yeah. a lot of these crooks are playing on on the elderly now. And and, uh, and it's it's absolutely true. And um, you know, we grew up uh, without internet. We grew up without computers. 
but um, even at my ripe old age, I saw it coming in. I used it in my personal life. I began to use it in my professional life, and I began understanding how Internet works. Well, first, how computers work, because back before email, there were message boards, and you would type, and, you know, five minutes later, it'd show up, and you went, this is wonderful. But you, you work with it enough to where you see it, but, like, my mom is 88 years old, and so um, she lived most of her life without computers, without Internet, and so that's a whole new vulnerable uh, generation of victims. And that's where these scams start coming in because uh, that's a generation of, of people who were trusting and who believed when you told them something, they believed you, and they had no reason not to, so they didn't. And, you know, they weren't skeptical because they didn't, they didn't know. And so this whole uh, generation of crooks realized, hey, we can go after this age group because the younger age group is catching on because they use the computer so much. You know, my folks would use it for simple things, email. And then you get an email, somebody saying, you know, I can fix your computer remotely. I'm with Microsoft, but yeah. but they're not. I can remember, and, and this is still a scam today, as you well know, and that's the construction, the roof repair, roof repair scam. Mm-hmm. And I can remember that coming from Lubbock. And a lot, we'd have hail and tornadoes and all of the bad weather you can imagine. And it was like flies going to honey. As soon as the last drop of rain, well, here came the, the roof crooks that, uh, oh, I can repair your roof. I'll put a blue sheet over it, and we'll get it fixed for yeah. this and that. And, and they come into Atlanta like the same flies going after the same honey, I guess. And... Um, you know that, and I remember this goes back a long ways, but I can remember back when I was in initially in radio, uh, is warning people about the roof scams and that you know they will be coming out, check their credentials, check with the Better Business Bureau, make sure they have insurance, yada da da da. And now it's going out on the computer like we mm-hmm. we did it in radio back then to warn people that these <coughs> crooks were coming into town yeah. to take advantage of you. And these are the low-level crooks, the roofers. and yeah. the, I mean, these aren't the guys that are going after 10, 12. I mean, a lot of people don't remember what a pigeon drop is. And a pigeon drop is just a found money scam, but it was a face-to-face scam that perpetrated by uh, at least two people, sometimes more. And... Um, um, but internet has gotten to the point where you don't have to do face to face anymore, and so these people who are not probably good actors that could pass over a, a scam face to face with somebody, but on paper or on the computer, yeah, they can, and so that's why the numbers are higher, and the things are things are just uh, um, there's more and more creative scams coming up on on the internet simply because. They can sit back and do it at home. Steve, we're going to have to take our first break. We'll be back with Steve Rose and Scams and Crimes with Report with Steve Rose right after this. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend 
is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. Quick Stakes. That's Q-U-I-K Stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on Steve Rose's show called Scams and Crime Report with Steve Rose. This is our, we just, and I appreciate you bringing the champagne and cracking it over my head, the inaugural type thing and all that. And uh, this is going to be a great show, and we want everybody to uh, remind their friends and family about it because, Steve, over the next months and years, hopefully we'll be bringing us tips and ideas how to protect yourself, how to protect your loved ones, how to protect your friends. And that's something that uh, you don't hear near as much about as we used to, and that's the neighborhood watch type things, where, yeah. where neighbors are taking care. If, if uh, a strange car shows up in my driveway, somebody calls or something like that. And I guess it's still out there, but I just don't know if it's... Uh, as yeah, well, it's evolved. You know, it's evolved like everything else. It used to be phone trees where yeah. you pick up the phone and you would call uh, when you saw something and they would call somebody and uh, it would make the big circle of, of people in your program. And um, now it's uh, the next door app is popular. It really does the same thing. And um, I, I notice people post a lot of stuff on next door, but there's no filter. And so uh, you don't really know um, how accurate the information is because, you know, especially with uh, suspected or criminal activity, once somebody starts talking about it and it goes through the chain of the neighborhood, it gets skewed all over the place. And at times the information that comes back uh, is way out of whack. And, <laughs> you remember and, that game? <laughs> yeah, whack-a-mole. Um, but you know, you know where you'd sit in a circle, and I'd start out by saying orange and banana, and then by the time it went all the way around the circle, it'd come back and it would be nuts and uh, <laughs> nuts and bolts huh? and chips. Or <laughs> no, it's the same thing, and and uh, and part of what our crime prevention people do is they're constantly on social media, and they're constantly trying to. Um, clarify 
and make that accurate because it gets skewed and they go no this didn't happen you know this time and date are wrong the scenario is wrong here's how it really happened especially in uh, an event like an active shooter because public information officers will all gather quickly and start correcting information they're watching media accounts on tv they're looking at online accounts you have to start working constantly to bring that information back to where it's accurate you know it's uh speaking of that active shooters uh, some of the things <laughs> when when you and i were growing up and I, I think i've got you by a couple of years but i never anticipated anything like this world that we live in today uh well i mean i gotta plug my computer back in um we train for it now, and it the whole different the uh, you know Columbine redefined tactical response to crimes. So Columbine, one of the great disasters other than the act itself was that SWAT staged for a half hour before going in. So training changed. Um, the first officer on the scene now is well armed with long guns as well as uh, in our case. Uh, sidearm plus a backup gun uh, go in with a rifle and you immediately go in looking for the shooter and the reason is that once the shooter knows the police are in the building looking for him he'll stop shooting victims and start either hiding or make the confrontation that he's going to make with the police but generally the idea is to get him to stop shooting the victims and to and, you know, and, and we've had that situation that we think, because you have a lot of near misses that sound like an active shooter. It's not. But you can see in the, over, over the uh, nationally how it's, it's changed and how the police response has changed. They go directly in now. They don't wait. You know, something else, Steve, that I want to bring to everybody's attention, and I'm not sure why it happened over the years, but call the police. They are there for you, and, you know, I know people, oh, well, maybe the guy will go away. I don't want to bother police, or I don't, you know. But you all, the police are caring folks, and I don't want to sound whatever, but the police work for you and me, mm-hmm. and uh, they, that's what they're there for is to react to whatever's going on be it a scam they you all i don't know if you all have a or if sandy springs has a a separate scam unit but if you feel like your your parents or and even even if you have your parents in a nursing home or in a assisted living and you think there's a problem call the police they have units they have groups that are specially trained to like you said, not only go in shooting, but go in and see what's going on and investigate. And uh, yeah, to notif- let somebody know. Yeah, I mean, exactly. most of the time, on elderly fraud, we're contacted by a family member. And I can think back on probably a dozen offhand where the the person being scammed knew it was going on, figured it out that it was going on. In one case, one victim told me, he says, you know, my wife died 10 years ago. He says, I'm lonely. This girl was befriended me, and I know we were going to the bank to get money out of my account to help her mother when I knew 
instead it was going into her you know her pocketbook herself and he actually knew he was being scammed so uh, he just said i enjoyed her company and that's really uh almost disturbing because that person's not going to tell anybody the bank teller noticed it was a repeated pattern kept coming in kept pulling like you know fifteen thousand dollars out and that was the outcry and the victim didn't make the outcry well a lot of times the reason the victim doesn't make the outcry is they're ashamed and embarrassed at what's happened and so they'll just take the hit or it may be their own family member doing it yeah it could be i mean i mean for me personally my experience it's always been uh, a solicitation and then it's you know it's like fishing they find one they hook it in and they run it for as much money as they can get out of it. it's usually a family member that finds out um for instance my father passed away last year my mother inherited all the expenses well everything's paid off in their life you know car house everything's paid off so um she had to be up to speed on checking accounts and she said um she said, well, I don't like the money in this bank because the money's in the computer. And I said, well, money's not in the computer. Money's in the bank. It's just that the online process is on the computer. It's actually easier. But she, you know, she didn't trust it because it's it wasn't face-to-face. So there's a whole re-education of uh, the reason you have passwords and the reason all these things are, are so difficult to, to maneuver sometimes is is security it's always changing so it'll always it'll always change it's like you know radar detectors if you have a old-fashioned radar detector in your car you've wasted your time because it's not going to pick up anything because the cops are all using laser so you know the company selling radar detectors there's no reason to anyway it's it's a um i just think that because of the age group with 70 plus i'm just throwing out a number um didn't come up in their business careers with computers that they've become this whole new target of of um victims and so you have to go in and educate the elderly i say elderly i'm one of them um you have to educate the seniors on why this is going on and that you need to be vigilant and not let your guard down so you know, don't trust everybody. Particularly that IRS person that calls up and says, I'm with the IRS, and I don't know if I told you my um, reply to it, but the worst thing you can do to one of the scammers that called is keep them talking. They get very nervous if you really keep them on the line with you and keep talking to them and all this kind of stuff. But if I got one, uh, I guess it was a couple of months ago now, but that I'm with the IRS and that you need to do this and you need to do that. And so I I told the guy, I think I may have told you this story, but anyway, I told the guy, I said, yeah, you know, oh boy, you've you've really scared me and I'll, I'll go get the money. I'll do whatever you want me to do and take care of it. But before I leave, I tell you what I need to do. I said, I'll give you my badge number if you'll give me yours. <laughs> Click. Yeah, I mean. We're gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. And it's, you know, for every victim they find, they've probably solicited 100 calls or 100, you know, emails or whatever. But uh, And that goes back to what I'm saying. It's too convenient to sit on your fanny, find one, and, you know, people are wiring thousands of dollars to 
to Western Union accounts in Nigeria or some other place overseas, and you want to tell them, so didn't the light come on at some point? And, you know, I'll get into this on some of the other topics that we that we hit uh, later in, in, in this month, which is IRS problems with scammers. and. Uh, Have you ever known the IRS to take an iTunes card? <laughs> no, but, I mean, you know, the sales pitch is convincing enough, and there's a fear factor that's thrown in. Uh, it happened to a, 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 a brother-in-law of mine. He called me, and I actually found the guy. I, I, the guy answered the phone, and I talked with him. He figured out I knew. And I asked him how much. I said, why do you do this? Uh, my brother-in-law, I think, owed about four grand, which is not that much in, in the terms of them coming after you with warrants and all that, which was garbage. And but they convinced him they were coming out with warrants to put him in jail, and he, he told me about it. I called the number, the guy answered it, and and so we figured out through our conversation that I didn't believe him. And I finally asked him, I said, "Why do you do this?" He says, "I make an unbelievable amount of money that people just send in." And he said, "Now I'm going to hang up and change the number." But but I mean that's why we're doing. It. It's too yeah. easy. So. We're going to take another break. Uh, we've got Steve Rose here and uh, his new show on America's Web Radio, The Scam and Crime Report with Steve Rose. We'll be back with more right after this. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio with the Scam and Crimes Report with Steve Rose. And, Steve, I think you got some folks that, if people aren't aware of it, they yeah. can go on Facebook Live and they can make comments. And uh, Steve will address some. I think he's got some to address, as a matter of fact. I wanted to say hi to Heather. Jim and Linda Towser, Kyle, Shane, Robert Lemke. Robert's an old PD guy as as well as uh, Jim Towser. Jim Towser and I worked together back in the 80s with the county police. He's retired. Heather's with Georgia Tech. She's worked with us, and she has um, 
Uh, she's a former instructor over at North Georgia College, so she's done well. Arnie Jergison, David Williamson, Kevin Rose, Jamie McNabb, who's the captain over CID, recently promoted, and uh, congratulations to him. And the one and only Mike Pachinik, star reporter for WSB, and uh, a drummer, a good drummer. Uh, doesn't use enough cowbell on his drumming, which is a, <laughs> something between he and I. But So thanks for watching. Um, feel free to pass this on to your friends and and uh, so they can uh, make fun of me well, as well. So I can't imagine anybody making fun. You know, I, you and I go back so far that I remember exactly what, and, and I want to bring this up. It's, it's a good conversation piece. <clears throat> You were doing the talk at the um, North Fulton Annex, and uh, it was on, uh, and I'd like to be brought up on it now, it was on gangs. And uh, you were showing the different, this was before M3 or whatever really got going or whatever it's called, mm -hmm. but uh, you were your whole talk was on gangs that were coming in and the different tattoos to look for and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's changed. Of course, I don't do that anymore. But but um, um, we departments, especially in the metro area, developed a lot of uh, gang task force and networking. And I know in Sandy Springs, we had a lot of Katrina uh, people that relocated here, and uh, part of that was gang related. And uh, these knuckleheads were down in the north end of the city. And they basically shot themselves up or got arrested and put themselves <laughs> out of business. I mean, they were a violent bunch, but they were feeding off one another. Drug deals went bad. Uh, it's ridiculous. But um, we still have uh, we still have uh, Hispanic uh, gangs, and a lot of what they do is tagging or graffiti. Uh, you do see a lot of, like, pedestrian robberies and such. But uh, the, the presence is still there, but I think, most departments, because we've all kind of combined and put our put our heads together on gangs, um, have got a handle on it. I think have got a handle on it because I know our activity has decreased over over the past few years. So, uh, and I want to make one correction: Robert Lemke's with Johns Creek Police Department, and Johns Creek Police. My neighborhood. Well, yeah, and Johns Creek is a very uh, upscale neighborhood, and so Lemke is an upscale guy. It wasn't guy. until I moved into the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So I used to have that beat years ago, and then I was a detective, but I spent all my time working runaways out of Johns Creek, and we, which was North Fulton County back then. Runaways would go to Little Five Points, so every Friday I was at Little <laughs> Five Points eating at Fellini's Pizza and drinking an espresso, waiting for the runaways to show up there where the two intersections came together. So mm -hmm. it was fun back then. But anyway, so um, uh, say hello to Rob and all the guys at Johns Creek. A lot of those are former Fulton County people. A lot of us old guys. Yeah. I, <laughs> you, did you ever know Dick Han? I did. Cab? Dick Han is famous toupees. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was the DeKalb County right. chief. Yeah. And, uh he was actually, yeah, he brought that department up to where I think they were like in top five in the country. And a lot of that is his credit because yeah. he he did, a, he did a hell of a job with them. He was uh, one of my commanding officers. He was in the uh, 310 Civil Affairs Unit, uh -huh. and, uh, oh, which yeah. was taken over by the IRS, as a matter of fact. Uh, what has it? So forth. But right, uh, Dick was a, he was an interesting guy. <laughs> and then, like he said, 
to Bay City, but I think Dick probably had, I know the first one I ever saw, his car, you couldn't hardly get in it in the front seat mm-hmm. with him because of computers. He mm-hmm. had more computers than a computer yeah. had. He did. He used to show up. He was public safety director at one point, so he was over fire as well. And he had a car with probably a dozen antennas yeah. on it. And, I remember um, But he, he, I think he is largely responsible for really putting DeCab on the map. And uh, part of that was that they were, uh, like computers, they were innovative in computers, they were innovative with their computer systems. I know they were always a step ahead of everybody on their computer systems. Um, and um, they were they were pretty squared away department. So, I mean, he Uh-oh. did, he did. But I know that he would get called out in the middle of the night, and I knew he wore a toupee. Yeah. And uh, because it in the middle of the night when you get a call out, you just, in a, in a rush, get dressed and go, and sometimes that toupee would be a little off center, <laughs> a little slanted. Yeah, so. But he was a good man. Well, you, you know, he took over a situation, and I had just—I'd been here about a year, I guess. But the cab was sort of a mix mash of mix mash. It was the Cab County, uh, Decatur, and God knows how many else. You had Georgia. You had everything in the jurisdiction almost yeah it was a salt and pepper of of police operations mm-hmm. and i think he finally sort of was the one that came in and said okay this is how it's going to be and uh, that's the way it was yeah and, and he, uh, he he rounded up all the cats herded the cats together and put together a great department yeah he did so <laughs> i've forgotten about the <laughs> you should have seen dick at the rifle range Firing the toupee would go back. Firing the toupee, no. Flip up. Is, is um, he still with us? I, I haven't. I think no. I don't think so. Oh, okay. um, I'm not sure, but uh, but um, uh, well, you know, departments are driven by the culture of the leadership or the lack of, and um, DeCab was at their peak. And, you know, at one time at Fulton was at its peak. Fulton was a new department when I came on. I came on in January 1980, and it was only five years old because it split from the city of Atlanta in 1975. And uh, just basically it was a, a quick divorce. And the officers that were contracted in the North County, uh, they said, well, if you want to work for the new county police, you just cross over and work for them, and we'll do all the paperwork, and that's what they did. So I came on in as the first group in, under the merit system. And, you know, to them, we were all rookies. I had three years from another department, and I had a little bit of experience. But all these guys were all APD, many of them burnouts from APD that were up in the North County because Northside you had some vandalism, maybe some thefts, because it wasn't busy. There was nothing north of the river. We only ran two beats up the north river, and it was, it was quiet. And um, you know, if you were young and you wanted all the action, you want to do all that stuff, you went down to Sandy Springs to get more calls. But we like working north of the river because nothing went on, and you could, you know, it was just it was fun. But we had all that cowboy out of our systems at that point, but. But, the, you know, it's driven by the culture of the leadership, and, you know, it's, it's the way it is now, too. You have, to, you have to 
take that role seriously. And, and the county declined. I mean, the county leadership declined. It was terrible to sit there and watch it. But uh, it was just crimes began to happen in Sandy Springs, and the crime rate went up, and the number of thefts, and then we were getting violent crimes, and the police department never saw fit to catch up with it. And once you're so far behind, you don't catch up. And then it's a matter of, uh, you know, spinning it to make it sound. I used to do neighborhood watch meetings and get heckled. I mean, it was terrible. I'd go to a meeting, and they would complain about everything, and they would, they would, they would get mad at me. And I'm like, I'm dancing as fast as I can, folks. I mean, I'm not the one, uh, you know, not hiring. I mean, when we took over from the from Fulton County, there were only 40 officers assigned to this precinct. Wow. So today, what do you see politically as opposed to politically five years ago, ten years ago? Is it more prominent today than it was, or is it less prominent Politically, as far as law enforcement? Yeah, as far as uh, a department being, I don't want to say run, but influenced by the politicians, is it more prominent today than it was yesterday? Or no, less? I don't think so, no. I think people have learned to stay in their own lane. I mean, you know, David, each department is different. And so, you know, I left a very dysfunctional police department and I came to Sandy Springs, and I was lucky enough to be on the on the on the front of it, so where I could say, you know, this didn't work for us in the past. Let's not repeat the past. Let's change this policy and change this. I mean, those were my suggestions. Some were some were taken, some were not. But once we started and we started setting, you know, a baseline of how we were going to run things here, um, I think it I think it ran much better. Um, uh, the you know this is a city management situation here, and so the politicians are 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 in charge of making policy. But um, and it's been nice, uh, you know, for the first few years it was a honeymoon, and it's still to a great extent that way. The city council in Sandy Springs are very supportive, but that's been our situation. Maybe in other other departments, it's not that way. The smaller the department, I think the more influence there is from, from outside. But I think our people under the city management say, all right, the chief runs the department. Uh, we'll have input here and there, but the chief will, will make, make the policy within the police department. And, and if it's successful, it's, it's good, and if not. So bottom line to your question is, is there in our situation, there's less influence than you – know, when, when Sandy Springs started up, I was concerned because everything and everybody, and I don't know if everybody knows this or not, uh, Porter obviously did, but everything was contract labor Mm -hmm. initially, except the police department, correct? Well, yeah, the uh, CHM2 Hill Company, yeah. And and there was a, it was an arranged marriage, and there was a learning curve that we both had to engage in. We had to understand them, they had to understand us, especially in public safety. It's not, you can't step in from corporate America and understand public safety, especially in uh, the message to our residents. You know, our residents were not idiots. They knew what was going on. They knew that we wanted better public safety and better streets. They used to say public safety and potholes. And that was kind of the the part of what was what was running. But um, 
and we knew it was going to happen that way, but corporate people um, had to learn the way we were doing things inside the police department. We were forming the department, so, I mean, it was different. Uh, Chief Wilson, who to this day is one of my favorite people in the world, I told him one time, I said, you're going to be like the, the manager of the 62 Mets. I said, you're going to get us off the ground, but you ain't going to be here long. And and it was true because I think the average career span of a of a department head in in an average is four to six years, and then they move on to something else. But in our case, we had to build the police department. We had to mesh it with the the mission from from the corporate side of it. Probably the biggest difficulty that I saw was communications because I was in charge of public information for the police department, and. Eva Galambo said, we're going to build this city on transparency. And we did, so that we were telling people in the community, here's where we're having problems, here's how you fix it, here's how we work with you. You know, So the partnership thing was important to us. And uh, it was, um, we eventually got it together, but there were times when we needed to, to, to sit down and understand one another. I'll leave you with this one thought before we go to break, and that is you gave you uh, arranged the most claustrophobic ride that I've ever had in my life. We'll be back with Steve Rose and Scams and Crimes right after this. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do appreciate you listening to Scam and Crime Report with Steve Rose, retired from the Sandy Springs Police Department. And, Steve, it's an honor to be sitting across from you. You and I have been friends for a long, long time. And uh, um, 
I've always wanted you to do a show. Even when I started the station back in 2005. Yeah, we did a couple shows. Yeah. Chief Wilson came in on that. Pardon me? Chief Wilson yeah. came in. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had, uh, is it, what's his name, Sim? The chief now. Chief DeSimone. Ken DeSimone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's been in a couple of times. Yeah. And um, got a very good guy. And um, I think he has some military background, too, doesn't he? Yeah. He was yeah. retired is retired from the Marine Corps as yeah. a colonel. So uh, my son hadn't quite made it to colonel yet, but we're working on it. Major in the Air Force and yeah, yeah. Intel. Beats being in jail, right? Yeah. Well, That's what yeah. Beats being a grunt like I was. So. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, kids, I have four kids, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy and proud of all of them. None are in jail. That's always my first question when they call me now. Are you in jail? And then, no. I say, okay, what do you want? <laughs> And uh, and they've all done very good. They've all done very well. I have one son in law enforcement. I'm very proud of him. He has uh, um, worked with Atlanta PD for a while, and uh, he does he does very good. So we're happy. And he he has three grandchildren. I have four grandchildren up in Asheville, and I have three here. I have a grandson that graduated from pre K today. Ah. So happy uh, graduation, Cohen. Proud of you. And. Um, um, but it's it's good. Kids are kids are kids are lovely. Grandkids are better because you can give them back. Yeah, and we want to remind everybody we're on Facebook Live, and uh, next week we'll be back on Facebook Live and YouTube, and you can um, send Steve comments and questions if you have them. Heckle and uh, you've got and heckle them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. Uh, I think you've gotten some comments today. Yeah. I did. I got uh, and. I want to thank everybody for not uh, trying to be comedians on the Facebook page because <laughs> uh, they've all been very, very supportive. So it's nice, and this is a fun thing. So I mean, I, I, you know, I've written about stuff for so many years and talk about it. I mean, sometimes I, I think that's all I do is babble about it. But it's a, it's a topic that constantly changes, and I like, I like addressing it because uh, no matter how much you talk about the same topic of crime, you always find people that have never heard that angle before. What to do will prevent this. They, they've never heard it. And some of the things I'll get into beginning next week are going to be specifics on certain types of crime, some that we see a lot, some that we don't. And then other crimes, not, not uh, specific to seniors, but other crimes that happen to everyone, including seniors, are also very, very preventable. So there's a lot of good stuff coming. You know, and a lot of bad stuff coming, in my opinion, which is, um, I I think, um, I think the United States has some problems ahead, which are going to affect the local police departments and, and, uh, Interagencies working together and like never before, uh, we've got we've got the situation that I'm very familiar with uh, down on our border that people keep saying isn't true, but it's been true for years and has just gotten, in my opinion, gotten worse daily as opposed to getting anything done about it. And uh, I've got too many friends that have ranches and and border the border. Mm-hmm. That, uh, well, 
it's amazing what they find on their ranches. Uh, so if you take that and how it affects us here on the local level is... Um, they got to go somewhere. We have, well, I know we have two unsolved homicides that we didn't know who did it because they were undocumented. And that put us hours behind. Hours behind are critical because a, like a murder scene, a homicide scene is hot and it cools immediately. So you've got to get in and work it. You'll notice homicide detectives will show up and they work it and work it and work it until there's absolutely nothing left to work at that particular time because after that the scene cools, witnesses that were potential in the area are gone, information, evidence, things go away. And so the fact that we may have uh, a situation where two parties knew one another, one man ended up dead, one specifically I remember was a party, it was a kid's birthday party, an argument in the front yard, guy shot the other guy, took off, and it took us uh, over eight hours to find out who the guy was. That was eight hours of time to abscond, and they're back into Mexico. And we're still looking for him. Um, I'm bragging on my wife here. Sandy is a former detective with Fulton County and Sandy Springs. She's being featured on an upcoming America's Most Wanted. They're bringing that back. Hmm. And she had a homicide case. Uh, uh, She worked crimes against children and women. She had a shaken baby case. And the child died. The babysitter took off is somewhere down in mexico last contact this is a 2014 case and so that show is going to promote her case in an effort for us to to get tips uh to to find her so uh it is a problem on on ours it's not you know it's not the reason we have violent crime but it is a a a significant reason why some of our uh suspects are so far gone by the time we get an identification on them. So it, it puts us behind the curve. You know, I think there's, again, only my opinion, but I think there's going to be some things headed our way in all cities. And just like you were talking about uh, the illegals coming in or the undocumented, I think they're going to be interracial classes like we've never seen before. Uh, Some of the religions that are becoming dominant and uh, will bring bring a whole new player to the table that, again, we've never seen before. And uh, they have one goal in mind, and that's taking over everything. And they're going to run into uh, some heavy flack at different points. But I'm not going to identify it, and um, it'll time will tell. At my age, I may not even be around to well, let it worry me. But I know, and I don't lay awake at night worrying about stuff like that because um, you know we're not a brand new country. We've had we've had not at this level and not at this dynamically, I think. But uh, we've been through a lot before, and. I think I think things tend to balance out at, at at one point where you everyone's on the same page. So, but I know my my priorities are more local level. My priorities are, uh, you know, when I I'm supposedly retired, so I do come in when I want and I do leave when I want. But um, I do still have the same 
uh, a lot, a lot of friends in Sandy Springs and all over, but a lot of calls, a lot of emails, and they still want to know what's going on and what are we doing. So it is still a priority in my life. Well, just like the military is, uh, is I guess, probably one of the largest fraternities in the world, but then you have the police that are a very large fraternity, mm-hmm. whether you're in Sandy Springs or you go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, you're still a cop no matter where you are. And, uh, yeah, and this is a Police Memorial Month, so uh, there'll be a lot in Washington, and uh, that's a, a big show of unity. Uh, it's national, and the, the, uh, everyone sends representatives, and a lot of officers pay out of their own pocket to go just to be there. Um, it is a very fraternal organization. Uh, they're just things that uh, I have friends and things I've shared with with uh, police officers that that I can't explain to others. You know, the grief when you lose somebody, or the fun that you have with them, or the fact that you've enjoyed all the crazy people over the years. Um, you really kind of in a. Uh, it's it's really like going to the zoo every day. I mean, part of why I did this. Uh, much to the chagrin of my father, who was from corporate America, wanted me to go into the same, was as I like the fact that this was a very, very weird life, uh, especially when you worked at night. It, it, you went out. We very rarely took sick days. You went out 11 o'clock until 7. That was our normal hours on the morning watch. We were young, you know, Teflon, invincible. And, uh, and cowboys. And it, were cow- and it was total fun to be out there doing all that stuff but you saw every weirdo every weird person that could could possibly come out from under the rocks but that's kind of why we do it it's adrenaline rush and you know of course you get older and you get like me and then the last few years i was in management and i'm trying to mentor and and keep people out of first of all out of trouble from doing stupid stuff and uh and teach them you know you to be here for the right reasons so well, we want to thank you for being here, and uh, we're going to look forward to Steve every Thursday at 1 o'clock in Scams and Crimes Report with Steve Rose. And if you've got questions, be sure and email them to us. You can email them to me, or Steve, you'll have your own uh, email address here very shortly. And um, you can email them to Steve or to uh, GM at America's Web Radio, and we'd love to hear from you. Any questions you've got for Steve, send them on. We'll be back with more right after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.